0: try.
1: Hello and welcome to the 2 Echo podcast. I'm Harry. I'm James. And we're 2 Echo.
0: And this is our podcast.
1: Right, that's <laughs> en- enough of that.
0: <laughs> I was like, we, if we put a little news reel behind that, I think yeah. that's, that'll, that'll at least make it onto the sort of midnight showing. <laughs> and here's the news. Uh, right. Maybe that- we should open it, this, with like a newscast, that'd be fun. I always wanted to do
1: that. Sort of a quick, like a, a fake of, news show. A like quick kind of couple minute show of the headlines. Then yeah. We- dig into depth of the, mm. what's actually going on mm. yeah let's do that one day
0: actually i think we did that on my old radio show at uni
1: really
0: yeah we used to do news about like everything that happened in our flat and we eventually got like news music <laughs> like bbc news 24 nice. which is the uk news for our international listeners um so it'd be like da da dun, dun, da da dun, dun, da da and this week, <laughs> it was usually about our friend Laura. <laughs> Laura gets kicked out of the Huntsman. <laughs> wow,
1: was your audience just your flat?
0: Uh, they made up a good proportion of it. They loved it. Um, we did have all, we, we did have Laura's friends tuning in eventually because she always featured on the news. Like imagine every stupid thing you done know at uni being condensed down into bite size audio chunks and going out live on university radio each week. That was the sort of experience that Laura had. Mm. Um, no she wasn't a big fan, but her friends started tuning in going, well, can I get some Taylor news soon? <laughs> um, anyway, not relevant, but news news beginning to the podcast, I think that could be a thing.
1: Okay. Let's do it one day. <laughs> I mean, this is good because we're, we're trying to have discussions alone the moment about how to, you know produce our podcast Mm. what's what's what is the podcast gonna be you know because up until now we've done a very free form sort of no structure Mm. sort of thing with the podcast Mm. and we're we're sort of it's in the back of our minds that you want to think of like features and segments and Mm. a bit more structure to the old podcast yeah
0: because we've got some bits where like i just ramble about stuff that i'm thinking about we've got some bits where we sit down and chat usually about just like what we've done in tukoneko in the last week Um, but we have, it's so like inconsistent that we can't really point people to it. So here we are just floundering in this corner of the internet (laughs) with, I mean, there are some people that listen. It's not many, but there are some people that listen, um, Mm. you know, my guitar tone podcast got some listens, (laughs) 15 (laughs) or so. (laughs) I don't know how much of it they listen to. I can't guarantee they listen to the full hour. Isn't that all, all you though?
1: No, it's 15 people. 15 unique yeah. listens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: Wow. Yeah. People want to hear about my guitar tone journey. That's quite good, actually. You know? Yeah. In the grand scheme of... I think of it was. I might check, actually. Yeah. If it's just 15 listens. I haven't listened to it. I've not listened to it, like, back far way through. Yeah. I was there. You. you <laughs> I haven't listened to I it. I know the story. Why, well, you should have said So those 15 listens don't you? It's 15 a real, it's a real thrill me. ride. <laughs> yeah. Oof, ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, anyway, so we want to be more structured. Look at us going off, <laughs> going off piste again. <laughs> we want to bring more structure to the podcast. Mm. Um, so these kind of features, two can use, the two can echo, yeah. whatever you want to call it. That could be a feature.
0: Yeah. I'm also thinking, I mean, on the theme of the future, which we're about to come on to. Segway. I think eventually we'll have like an Alexa skill. Or, or like a Google Home thing. So people, people go like, <coughs> Alexa, what's going on with 2 connect at the moment? And then we'll pop in. Hey there, <laughs> James and I from Tukanek go here. Here's our song of the day. Like, we'll have, we'll have that.
1: So, what's an Alexa skill?
0: Uh, it's a thing that, like, the smart Alexa smart speaker can do. So, you can you play a bit of audio. I guess it has to be like programmed.
1: Um, Who programs it? So does someone yeah, like...
0: I think you can program on upload, and then maybe people have to upload it onto their Alexa. I'm not sure. Wow. But um, I've not looked into it in depth, but Gary V said it was a cool thing to do. Like, you should have a strategy for your Alexa skills.
1: I feel like we should get a sort of home unit, you know? Mm. We're moving into the smart home world. Yeah. I mean... 2021.
0: We're ready now.
1: It seems to be a, a feature of our podcast is talking about our smart light bulbs. Yeah. Because we've got smart There's light bulbs now. Lighting! <laughs> but we won't talk about that, but we will talk about the future. So, I just had an idea about 15 minutes ago that we should try and answer a question, a big question, on mm. each of our podcasts.
0: I do like that. I think that will help us. Draw yeah. in the people. Yeah. Maybe this intro will... Kick the people back out when <laughs> they realise what they're getting. But a nice concise—we're answering this question.
1: Concise. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs>
0: so let's concisely predict the future.
1: So what's no, the question, James?
0: Um. <laughs> two can echo predict the future. Dot 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 question mark.
1: Ooh. Oh. But we're not going to answer that question.
0: That's a question that can only be answered in the future. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the only thing that we haven't decided yet is that we're talking about music. Or are we talking about society in general? And what do we know that we can add?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we didn't think this through.
0: (laughs) I have some thoughts, because I've read some books on the future that um, blow my mind.
1: So, I think we can probably put a musical lens on it. Or at least an independent artist. Or probably, let's put an independent music lens or mm. just a general music industry lens on the future yeah.
0: um so i'm gonna i'm gonna start with some points from kevin kelly's book the inevitable see it in the show notes but um he's this guy who invented the concept of a thousand true fans or he came up with the idea and wrote it in a blog post it's literally like you can go to the original blog post it's just popped it on his website just had a little idea I and it's that. influenced thousands of people that's
1: pretty futuristic in yeah <laughs>
0: Um, but he's, I don't know, you call him like futurists or futurologists or whatever, but he was the chief editor of Wired magazine. Um, I don't know if he was like one of the founders, but he's always been like really interested in technology and he's a bit of a, like a thought leader yeah, on future trends and linked to technology. And he predicted things like social media and stuff extremely early. Um, so he's got a bit of a reputation for being good at this sort of stuff. Um, and in 2016, he wrote a book called uh, "Understanding the or the Inevitable: Understanding of the Twelve Technological Forces That Will Shape Our Future." Um, so while he doesn't make really concrete predictions, he kind of says, "Here are twelve trends that like they're, they're basically like n- you can't argue against them that the trends are happening. Exactly where they lead like to paint a picture of your day-to-day life is kind of depends how you use the trend, but like this is where these trends are going." Um, so, I mean, there's 12 of them, I don't want to talk through all of them in depth, <laughs> but I might, like, pick a few of those to, like, spark our discussion.
1: Set the old foundations.
0: Um, so, <clears throat> and some of these should be obvious because they're kind of happening already, so they, they should be intuitive. But, like, for instance, the first one's becoming that things now change so quickly that you're, in a sense, always going to be upgrading and you're going to be on um, subscriptions and on services rather than, like, stuff. So, you've got to get used to always being a novice at stuff because, like, in the past, technology was around for a really long time and you could actually have long enough to become a master at it. So, we've used our example of recording a lot, so let's like use something else, but like, say, like a film camera. Like, films were made roughly in the same way from like the Mm. 1920s through to the 1980s or whatever. The the technology got better, but fundamentally, if you learn how to make
1: Technicolor, yeah,
0: do film that ecosystem existed for enough for you to have a whole career enough for you to be a real expert in that but now like technology is well now we have like services things like Adobe cloud that's always being updated so you master one bit of software and then it changes um, so his first tip is just be good at learning new things effectively like and don't be uncomfortable being a novice because like your things move so fast that you're never gonna have long enough to be expert in a, in a technology so go with the flow (coughs) is number one and i see that i think in music already because we've talked before about albums versus singles um and like how so many people are I i mean what does an album even mean now you know we've talked about like what does an album mean it used to be literally the medium that people had to have to listen to music or play on radio they had to be given this plastic disc to get the music off it and into their ears and into their brain um whereas now we still talk about artists making albums but like the limitation of that physical medium isn't there um so my point there is that music still feels like it's stuck in an old paradigm a bit and maybe maybe that will break out maybe it won't but you know any thoughts on that <laughs> that's chapter 1
1: <laughs> so my kind of the thing that sort of caught my ear um, and I don't think it's quite on the same vein of the, the, the you went on <laughs> in the mm. end, um, but was a subscription thing. Mm. Um, because if you're an independent artist or independent sort of anything or content creator or you have a platform, you would normally have some sort of Patreon um, mm. service where people would subscribe to you, pay a monthly mm. fee or a fee based on what you make mm. and they would get basically your content <clears throat> and I definitely see that as a way that things are going to go for artists is mm. they'll have people that pay a certain monthly fee to get more more than just like songs because songs are everywhere and they're so mm. accessible so it's things like behind the scenes of their last video or mm. chats with the band face-to-face mm. or I mean it would be like a zoom call or a, or a, um, what's the, what's the um, clubhouse mm. it'd be like yeah that you, you get access to the clubhouse um, mm. So I, I see subscriptions to your favorite bands or artists or content creators. I mean that's already a thing. But that will favorite become... AI <laughs> music oh, generator. God. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> thing is, oh that's oh, I don't like that as much because that's that that AI will no doubt be be owned by some sort of big conglomerate. Mm. <laughs> like imagine Mm. Oh, but would that ever happen? You can't, you can't mark it. I think AI. it'll,
0: I think it'll happen. But then, then again, like a lot of music is about human um, connection. So maybe there's something where like the AI is writing the melodies or making the instrumentation, and you've got a human writing the song mm. over the top of it. I don't know. I, don't, know,
1: I, I, I don't see that as more more than a novelty really. Mm.
0: I mean it's already here but like YouTubers use AI for um, backing music sometimes because it's basically free. Really? Yeah. That's quite useful. Um, So they make sort of ambient music quite well. Yeah. So a lot of it does already exist and it's improving at an exponential rate so I think we should be careful not to
1: underestimate it you know. Brian Eno's album Reflection was procedurally generated using Mm. AI. That came out a few years ago. That was cool. He released it on an only on the app store and it cost 20 quid to get the app and it just generated music i was a bit annoyed about that because if it didn't cost 20 quid and if it wasn't just on iphone i probably would have got the app (laughs) those are the only (laughs) (laughs) barriers. yeah um so you say we shouldn't underestimate it but i just struggle i mean you're probably right but i kind of struggle to see people buying into an AI making music in the same way that a human makes music because as you said it is all about the humanity and Mm. a lot of like mega fans of music are into the music because they like the person behind Mm. the music or the people behind the music it's not it's not a sheer is not just a kind of exclusive thing for the music. Like, a purely the best melodies or the best rhythms with, yeah. like, there's more playing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, is it, are, there, are there examples? I, I would definitely imagine a casual music listener just tuning into their AI um, station. We, I mean, an AI's AI probably going to make um, chill lo-fi beats to study and relax to. Is, <laughs> is, is, is that all, like, right? how does that even work? Do they make that, like, live? Because it goes 24 hours, doesn't it? That's fine, That's fine, um, <laughs> So um i just think that
0: ai generated rock music Here go. oh no These days, you love rock music there is a lot. Wait, no ads on this podcast <laughs> god <Ad> free <laughs> this is ai generated rock music we probably won't put this in the podcast <laughs>
1: That's not a shout-out. <laughs> yeah. It's kinda cool.
0: Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, maybe we'll just send an AI AI out on tour for us. (laughs) We'll just we'll feed it with our songs, (laughs) then we'll set it off. Mm. We'll just get the get the money.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll be the corporation. I mean, yeah, listening to that, I I know it's like listening to that. I can totally see that being fairly successful, but not not among like people who appreciate artistry and mm. like are genuinely interested in the kind of mm. creative process of making music. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's not like a, it's not like a commoditized thing Music because you don't just, you're not just going for like the cheapest brand. It's not like you're buying, <laughs> I don't know, some bread at the supermarket. You just want some bread. Maybe that, I mean, there is branding at play there, but it's, it's not just like something basic that you just want, like mm. deodorant, like, um, it's not about automating it so it's as cheap as possible. Like people are in for it, into it for more emotional and um, mm. yeah, kind of that people connection reasons than just the pure <laughs> basic need of music. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're saying, I think. Um,
1: so I don't know, but maybe I'm completely wrong. I can't see it will it, never be like a superstar sensation. How would it go on tour? Well, just. How would, you would All would the be live like a, show.
0: It would be like an EDM gig now, where you have like a DJ and loads of lights, and video, and screens and stuff, and everyone's like bopping around.
1: It would be that, there would just be no one on stage and stuff on the screens. Or, with that rock music that we just listened to, they would get session musicians in to play the hits. <laughs>
0: of the AI. <laughs> <laughs> Robots.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Wow. Robots playing real guitars. So is that going to happen in the future? I don't know, James. I hope so. I'd go so. and see a robot Beatles. <laughs> I, see, I, I would see it once, but then I wouldn't go back. Yeah.
0: That's mad. Maybe they'll... Because you know at the moment <clears> they're doing like hologram tours of, of dead artists, like anyone yeah. has and stuff. Teeth. Maybe they'll have like holograms, but like AI generated in their voice and AI generated like new songs from them
1: or something. Oh my God. Like that would be mad.
0: Probably that's,
1: that probably happened. That, that's getting very sort of black mirror. Kinda. I think that will happen. Yeah. Um, Holog- like a, inv- a made-up hologram sort of... Mm. But if we just imagine that that's improving exponentially and
0: that's where it's at now, mm. so imagine that <laughs> kind of... We can't even imagine where it might be in 10 years if, if it, they kept, like, refining it. Yeah. So you could theoretically have it releasing... I mean, look at how they um, ex- exploit catalogues of um, legendary artists right now yeah i think there'd be a lot of opposition to like older audiences but um if it was good like a new beatles album oh that's so interesting wow. yeah by they, like cause... an ai
1: oh but would they would thing is a new beatles album? would they be able would they be able to give it enough source material an ai enough kind of data to make it mm. produce a and here's the thing beatles album?
0: we've come on to a really good point here that ai isn't as good at like pure creativity. Cause like creating a new album is about connecting like things that don't seem related. Yeah. Whereas an AI is based. I mean, I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm not an expert in AI, but my understanding is that AI is sort of connecting common bits of data, look at analyzing for like trends and stuff in past data. Whereas creativity is a bit different to, to that. It's, there's a, a bit of like trends and stuff and instinct in that way. But it's also like, I don't know, the human brain has something special about being able to bring two random things together into something new. Does so, it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like creativity is bringing new things together and creating something novel. Um, okay. Yeah, it does. Things I, that w- wouldn't obviously go together.
1: See, I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't really know what would separate a human brain apart from a good computer. Mm. Um, It might be that those two things didn't seem obvious to connect together because we don't really Mm. have the capacity to sort of believe that, but maybe a super advanced AI would think, oh, yeah, that's an obvious thing to put together, Mm. and that's the clear next step in this sort of creative Mm. journey. Yeah, I don't know. But the the theory is that, yeah, humans still have the
0: creative edge, but... That was pretty good rock music by that AI. Yeah. But was it created... Like it wasn't was they, new. They're it not going to invent a new genre, you know, because yeah. they only have existing genres to look at. But maybe they will if they get good enough. I don't know. Um, well, oh. we're, getting, we're getting in deep here. Um, <laughs> right, so that was number one, subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two is actually AI-related, so we probably won't go into it too much, but cognifying. So Kevin Kelly says, basically the, the next 10 years or so, basically all startups are going to be adding ai to stuff adding chips to things um so you just got to imagine things that are currently inanimate objects um communicating with each other through chips so your smart home but like your smart life (laughs) the pavement's got a chip in it your t-shirt's got a chip in it your washing machine is talking to your t-shirt when you put your t-shirt in there to like what wash it should be um your chair is has AI in it. Your table has AI in it. Things that you don't think need it will have it, and you won't know how you lived without it.
1: Imagine a chair that adjusts its comfort level depending on how you're sitting. <laughs> Not just that, cool. depending
0: on like your temperature, that your T-shirt is. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. Like,
1: um,
0: so he reckons that that will happen. Um, I've tried to imagine this for like guitars and drums and stuff, but um, <clears> I'm sure that you could have auto tuning drums and guitars but yeah they're quite nostalgic industries so like whether they whether they'd be able to sell that to the market
1: i don't know no way um, i mean maybe they're, they're, there's a, there's a lot of um kind of more modern Are they more modern sounding guitarists i'm thinking of bands like polyphia and mm-hmm. those kind of more modern sort of math rocky mm-hmm. bands that don't i mean obviously they're heavily influenced by the past but they're mm-hmm. not Oh, so yeah. tied to it
0: oh yeah there's, there's definitely like innovative like modern guitarists out there yeah um I'm, I'm into a lot of vintage music so I wouldn't be like the correct person to really give a informed opinion on yeah. that
1: but um anyone who owns an Ibanez <laughs> that sounds general <laughs> <laughs> so we won't go too much
0: on that but yeah imagining that like AI is in everything don't really know how we'd link that to music but um flowing uh Unstop, unstoppable streams in real time for everything so we have this a little bit already like he, he explains it like so well in his book of, of talking about yeah, how you move from like physical media to to um, streaming but like that's it's more of a f- just than a technology change of using a disc to a computer like it's a fundamentally different way of consuming stuff yeah. like Facebook and social media invented the stream of stuff this constant flow of content and information, not these like yeah. uh, packets like frozen in frozen in time. So he talks about being able to like scroll back in your life and uh yeah. <laughs> you know, which links to his thing on tracking, that everything will be tracked. Um but uh yeah so trying to link trying to link this back to music. Like I think um, um I suppose what I would say would be a tip for the future is just just start capturing stuff. Um I don't think it's enough to just release the end album anymore um, or, or release the end single or whatever like we're seeing it already that like a single disappears into the ether the moment you drop it so it's about creating your own stream of stuff something that people can like just put up an antenna and pick up new info on, on you, mm. new music new whatever it's not about these waiting for these like landmark yeah, releases so like, like what's happening right now yeah, yeah, with that exactly with those people and yeah. able to go Back and forth uh, in your catalog as as much as they want. Yeah. Um, you see, this as Spotify, like people will find an artist and they'll just go go roaming around the catalog and see what they can find. it Doesn't really matter like when it was released.
1: Yeah, um, it's, it's 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 that's that's a weird combination because that sounds weirdly contradictory when you say that. It's like mm. it's everyone's after a kind of everyone's got a constant flow of information they want to tap into and find out what's happening now, but they also want the Mm. Kind of back catalogue. It's 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 about like freedom to I don't know mm. well, free free freedom to kind of choose whichever thing you want. I, and I and I'm just thinking back in back in the day when you had music. If a band dropped a record and you wanted to kind of pick it up two or three years down the line, you wouldn't be able to because it wouldn't be in the shops anymore. Mm. So you would have sort of missed that. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, Sort of. It is a bit of a contradictory point, but I haven't really thought it through. I'm just kind of thinking on the spot. But we know that like a flow of content is important now because people just forget you quickly. Um, And some stuff will last test of time and they'll have landmark like songs that you put out and stuff. Um, But Gary Vee's taught me a lot about this because like, I mean, in some ways it's annoying. You listen to, like, a great podcast by him, but he does one every single day. So, like, if it was a year ago, you're like, oh, I want to try and find that podcast again that I really liked. It's yeah. quite hard to find because he's all about the, f- the new, the flow. Like, he's always constantly updating new posts, new posts, new posts. Yeah. His library... I mean, he did also then invent a search engine so you could find <laughs> stuff. Um, not invent, but create himself a search engine. Um, but that really made me think because we have so many people, like, trying to... I won't put it out until it's until it's perfect. But really, it's about no, putting out everything and letting, because your your failures will disappear, and your good stuff will stick around. Yeah. So although it sounds bad, like yeah, just just put every like as much as you can out and tell your story and put work in progress stuff out, and that paints quite a vivid picture for people like what you're about. It makes it more intriguing in some way.
1: Yeah. There's. I find there's something more exciting about knowing exactly what that person's doing now. Like if, if I see a post or a video or something and it was put up like an hour ago or half an hour ago, or like a song that came out yesterday, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Mm. Much more so than if it was two years old or something like that. Mm. Um, so I can see where that's appealing. And that ties into live streams. That's why live streams are such a popular form mm. of content. Mm. Because happening it's now yeah. it's actually it, it, it you're missing you're, something it if makes you you're feel closer yeah. to, that, to that um creator mm. or that person for sure so that's exciting
0: mm. and i i, I suppose let, let's go on to like live streaming in a bit more depth now like um i mean putting covid to one side slightly which i think has just spearheaded this into the future a bit more but <clears throat> Um, in China there's people live streaming like twenty-four hours a day as their job and getting tips. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. It's so black mirror, it's actually quite terrifying. It's true. They're like and so. exhausted and jumping dancing around like for twenty four hours straight in a in a building of people dancing on camera. It's quite weird. But wow. that is perhaps a nod to um, a nod to like where we might be going. I remember a really funny like he was saying it half jokingly, but like it was quite poignant. Gary V was saying in future he's just going to 24 hour live stream himself. Like, apart from he goes to the blue or something. Like, and then he's like, that will be the only way to battle, like, uh, deep fakes and AI and people saying, oh, Gary did this and fake news. He's like, look at the live stream. Yeah. You'll see what I was doing. <laughs> you, I was right there. <laughs> um, wow. Maybe it's a bit dangerous to do that. <laughs> like, people know where you are all the yeah. time. Might need security. You. Um, but, uh, uh, that was an interesting point, I thought, because we do have the, um, the battle of those things. So
1: I can see that happening. I can totally see the appeal of being able to just tune into someone's life. You can almost forget about your own life mm. if you've got that. Yeah, it's quite... Especially once you can VR into it as well. You can just put your headset mm-hmm. on and you're in the living room sat watching TV with whoever you want to follow. I mean,
0: yeah, when I, did, when I did that little test of a VR thing, like, I've not done it properly, like, you've actually got a VR headset. But when I did a little test of them showing, like, a football match and like because uh, i work at a media company so they had this vr company come in and show you like this virtual living room thing um and so like there was a football match on you could m- grab the screen and like move it around and resize it um and like when there was a substitution like little models of the players like ran across your table and substituted and like you could throw like emoji things at each other and um it was very, like, gamified and stuff. But I was like, if I had this when I was a teenager, oh, I would yeah. have got home, put this on, and not left my, like, not left my room. Yeah. I would, they would,
1: like, I would be completely absorbed by it. Yeah. That was my instinct. Yeah, it does do that. Because, as you say, James, I have a headset. I mean, you, you should try it at some point. We haven't mm-hmm. got around to doing that. <laughs> but you should try it. Yeah. Um, and, think, well... It's, it's still not perfect. Like you, I would love to be able to sit and watch, um, I don't know, a football match or a rugby match, Mm. um, in a virtual living room. But I found, um, like I I got the Netflix app and you can sit in a cinema and watch Mm. Netflix. Um, watching TV in a VR headset is weirdly hard on the eyes. Mm. More hard. The screen's not good
0: enough resolution, I think.
1: Yeah, there's that as well, but it's, it's worse on the eyes than just playing a game. On, mm. on well, they've episode. got
0: like a lowish resolution screen right in front of your eyes, um, mm. so they they need to sort the screen, that problem. Mm. Um, but they'll get there, um, and I think that will be like the thing after live stream. Like Gary V, I mean, I'm using Gary V a lot, but he's a, quite a, another quite good voice on the future. But he says like. Um,
1: if,
0: social media is just a warm up for like the VR AR world. Like that's going to be real absorption. He's like, people are sort of living in VR at the moment because they're walking around on their phones. Like everything's happening online and the real world is kind of just the, the the venue where your body is, (laughs) but things are really like the kind of so much is happening online now, um, that that's becoming more real in some sense. Mm. And he's like, that's just a warm up for like, um, the VR, like, I don't know, chips in your brain world. (laughs) That's where it's going. That will be the next like humongous shift, but we don't know when
1: that will be. That could be fifty years time. Can't wait for that. That's gonna be sick. <laughs> Might be a bit lonely. <laughs> no, because you've been in in the VR world with all your mates.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, they, they probably just, get lonely. they could
0: just disappear to the other side of the VR world universe. Don't know. It's it's absolutely fascinating. Like it's.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, they would. Yeah. Um.
0: Uh, I'll do one, one or two more of these things, um, and then and we can just generally, generally chat about the future of music. I don't know how much we've covered music, but live streaming is important. Effectively, like, um, gigging is quite an old model, and it's still like, absolutely amazing and really important to get that person-person connection. Mm. But I think live streaming is going to be like, become a, equally important part. I think there's going to be like two tiers of tickets. There's like a live stream version and a be there in the room version and if anything the live stream version makes the be in the room like even more even more valuable because you'll be kind of you'll be kind of there but not really there and it will like wet your appetite to really go yeah you're, be you in want the room. to be there. that being in the room becomes more valuable um in some sense so i i think there'll be tours where you're live streaming every show um for a extra revenue mm. or you're yeah getting, and promotion getting tips and I think things like merch will be uh, people will try a T-shirt on at the show or something and like that's your thing and it'll be delivered to their house like before they get back kind of thing. If, if you do get their size, like it will be that that that'll be I think musicians are at least independent musicians are generally can be a bit shit at <laughs> merch sales. Um, yeah. And that kind of thing. I'm fascinated by digital products as well, but I don't really have enough like knowledge on that to, but like, will digital products become as like, desirable as the, as physical ones in terms of like merchandise and stuff? Um, that's something I'd love to, love to crack. Cause we make a lot of jams and stuff like that. It would be really cool if we made them like, good enough and desirable enough that like, it's something that people would want to pick up.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, digital products is a tough one for. for. kind of like. musicians and artists. I I just feel like if I want to get something from someone creative as a kind of memoir, it Mm. would be. it would be a kind of item that I could see and touch and feel and things like that. Mm. I don't have the same opinion about sort of experiences. Mm. I would definitely buy um, something online that is like a one-off experience. Mm. Um, I don't really know. If I I bought something online to keep as a memoir, that's not really... Mm. um, It doesn't really make sense to me because that's what you kind of... That's like what merch is right now. It's like Mm. a memoir for that band. It's not... Yeah. It's not like like a sort of... It's not a useful thing. It's just like a memoir. I suppose just my my slight counter
0: to that is like, more things are moving online. So if you want to, if you spend more and more of your time on like, social media or something like that, like maybe that starts to become the place where your mementos are stored in some way. Like maybe, so sounds yeah. bad, but you think like Snapchat streaks and stuff. Like people are putting quite a lot of their emotional investment in keeping up like a virtual streak.
1: It'll be on like. Um
0: so some sort of badge on Facebook that you went to this many shows or well, like you,
1: you, You've already got that on things like Fortnite and Minecraft. Because mm. you can... I don't know about Minecraft, actually, but Fortnite, you can probably buy skins and stuff. Mm. And you can... I, I've got no idea if this is true, actually. I'm just making massive <laughs> assumptions. But if you can't buy skins on Fortnite, okay, I don't know what bland. Fortnite <laughs> are doing. <laughs> because if you could buy skins on Fortnite, you could... I don't know. Your favourite... Um, Artists could like do a gig on Fortnite, and then you can buy a skin from that mm. gig. And that's people like a see you in the product. virtual world, yeah,
0: like, equivalent to a t-shirt. Yeah, I'm interested as to like how far we get to that. Obviously, in the VR world, that's definitely going to be a thing. Yeah, but I'm interested in like if that, how soon that sort of thing is coming. Um, mm. I don't know if that gamifies it too much, but um, or like people are going to be wearing t-shirts that can change to digital oh, yeah, prints anyway so like all you do is buy a um like a virtual t-shirt and that loads a print Down. and so you charge like a lot for
1: to be Download able to load the the print. that print um, that's that's a good one actually um wow that's so cool imagine if you could get a t-shirt that just like changed whatever you wanted it to yeah and it looked like a t-shirt that you like a fabric you didn't t-shirt. get washed as much like <laughs> no, you you you'll be able to wash electronics yeah, yeah. In the future. I would say you'll have one t-shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ultimate minimalism, baby. <laughs> Love it. That's
0: going to be like our smart bobs, but like your clothes. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you'll just put on your see-through weird little suit. <laughs> and then you go program your clothes. For yeah. Them. But then people will hack your phone and you'll oh, be like Oh, no, they won't that
1: <laughs> Oh, that'll be a, that'll be a scandal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've invented and... <laughs> Torn down virtual clothes all in one sentence. <laughs>
1: wow, no, because they they'd have like a default state that they, they would never be tran- transparent. They would yeah. always be yeah, like, opaque. Yeah. But then you'd have to get like different shapes. Yeah, I don't know why. Like if you, I don't if know if why you want like a, to be transparent. Like a if you want like a dress or something, that's like normally yeah. like the shapes quite a big part of that. So you'd yeah. have to get a dress for every shape. It's mm. it's less of a problem with guys because we've just got one shape of t shirt, <laughs> one 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 shape of jeans.
0: Yeah. Just imagine we really, Oh, I've got a new new virtual suit. <laughs> Download it at <or> work. <laughs> Change it. <laughs> I'm wild. I'm so up oh for it. Oh my
1: that. God, you could do so many ridiculous things. It's
0: like the Kemper for clothes.
1: <laughs> a profiled...
0: <laughs> a profiled <laughs> Jimi Hendrix 60s look. <laughs> oh my I'm God. so down for that. Um, I'll go for one or two more of these. Um... One I thought was interesting, but I don't know how much it relates to music, but screening. Almost all surfaces will be a screen. Mm, this is cool. Um, sides of buildings will be a screen. Like, walls will be screens. Oh, God,
1: imagine uh, the advertising. Yeah, he, he
0: talked about advertising a decent amount in you know, it. Mm. But um, he just said, imagine, yeah, like, being able to kind of use and touch everything's basically some sort of touch screen. You know, like, imagine walking past a billboard and, like, mm. I mean, a lot of them are screens in some form now, but, like... like the ad you can literally like touch it it with your fingerprint and buy it you know um maybe that will be a thing i love the future i should i should be a futurist (laughs) i love imagining this stuff
1: (laughs) there's no formal qualification to be a futurist you You can just call yourself a futurist
0: and as long as you say enough stuff
1: something you say will be right (laughs) (laughs) yeah then people will look back and be like oh james predicted that (laughs) let's call this podcast part one (laughs) um
0: Accessing instead of ownership. Um, I did a whole project on this at work. Um, Subscriptions versus uh, like- Oh, I love this. Everything, like things you can't imagine being a subscription becoming a subscription. Guitars being a subscription. Like you don't own one, you just access one and then you go onto like your app if you want to change it and you click it and within an hour, someone's come to pick up the old one and take it back.
1: Yeah, I I, I absolutely love that. I think that people, hmm, I think that people will probably keep some items that are Mm. actually theirs. But like ninety nine percent of stuff mm. will be on a subscription, mm. like like a TV or a sofa mm. or I mean obviously cars that already happens mm. and it wouldn't even be your car you would just get a subscription to like Uber to and then you driverless just, stuff, yeah, yeah. That, that's gonna be so, I cannot wait for that <laughs> I am so that's da- gonna I'm, be the best I'm
0: sold on driverless future <laughs> yeah you
1: just pay like I don't know it'll be quite a lot but you pay like four hundred pounds a month and you just get to be driven everywhere oh. Mm amazing
0: yeah just like you don't have to worry about parking you don't have to worry about fuel yeah. and bad oh. driving and stuff
1: yeah that'd be so good
0: I like, everyone would be drunk all the time oh because <laughs> driving yeah maybe they have to have special special like drunk equipped ones because they'll just like won't be able to get in and stuff <laughs> and the robot's like what's going on <laughs> um s- sharing so like collaboration on a big scale i think this is an interesting one for music like crowdsourcing stuff um so by sharing he means that like like no one predicted that people would want to share their lives like they did on social media no one predicted that people would contribute to wikipedia in the the level that they did um so i'm at crowdsourced sort of music could be more interesting like your fans aren't just an audience for the magic outside of your head like they could be just they could contribute to it in in more ways like Them sending in lyrics and things like that. Um. I I think
1: that happens Mm. with. I haven't seen it so much with music, but um, I've definitely seen it with sort of um, creators on YouTube who like ask their Patreon for, I don't know, um, like scripts for Mm. a sketch or like names for characters and stuff, and then Mm. they sort of do make creations based on what Mm. their viewers submit.
0: This move to like community rather than <coughs> like audience and artist, and the artist has like mystique and this uh, yeah. godlike <laughs> genius that they bestow yeah. upon the audience, like like
1: a, yeah, like a hip hop artist could take viewer created beats to, to rap over. Mm. It's, like that, yeah. It
0: becomes more of like a community, and uh, I think the Grateful Dead were really like ahead of the game in this, in that the audience is really like part of the band. It's so integral to what they to what they do. They they were one of the Like earlier bands, I I can't say the first because I'm not sure, but they were one of the earlier bands where, like, what was happening in the audience was a bigger part of the show as what was happening on stage. And uh, part of that comes from the drug culture, and like they originally they originated as a band to be a soundtrack for an LSD night. That's (laughs) sick. Um, I love that. So like the the reason they were there was to take LSD, and the Grateful Dead happened to be playing, or whatever they were called at that point. Um, But then their kind of whole career grew around this idea that like, yeah, we're here, we're here to get in some place with the audience and play something new and something unique will happen in that meeting of the band and the audience. It's not about the band creates the songs and goes to the stage and people come to watch the songs happen from the, from the band and like, that's the event. It's like, no, the audience are like part of the art. You know, this idea that like the art isn't complete until an audience sees and reacts to it. And like they they bring 50% of like what it means. Um so I think yeah, that just moving to closer and closer towards that model, like the um the height of the stage is going down to the floor and we'll all we'll merging together. Um so think of your fans as like a community and as like equals to you. Um as as someone with the same interest to you. Like that's how I think about a lot of people who like Tukin Echo. I don't think, Great, someone thinks I'm a genius. <laughs> I go like, oh great, this is someone who likes the same stuff as me and like Digs this kind of music and digs this but like we just happen to be creating this vibe that we're into and it's cool that other people are going, Oh yeah, I like that vibe, but it happens to be us making it, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um I'll do one more. Because the, the other the remaining ones are filtering, um, so like there's so much, there's so much stuff that like, there'll be more intense personalization and filtering of this like massive information filters become quite valuable to be able to get it down to like consumable size, uh, remixing. So, uh, Oh, this is an interesting one for music, like, um, and it's linked to the crowdsourcing, like unbundling, unbundling existing products into the most primitive parts. And they will be recombined in different possible ways. So maybe you're not releasing a song, you're releasing the tracks, to the song and people are constructing those tracks in their own unique way to listen to mm. which I think is quite hard for some artists to, to consider or to hear um, but it's linked to that yeah so I think that's great imagine that we we have our version we say we've recorded this song here's our version but also here's the like raw components go and yeah. make with it <laughs> Yeah, that,
1: that, that, I mean that happens quite a lot with electronic artists mm. Wolfpack mm. I think that's I think that's already great, and that's mm. that's really exciting because that's just going to become more and more relevant. Mm. Yeah, and I just I, I like the idea also that that there isn't really a one version of a song. Mm. This kind of ties into it. A, a song is like a abstract concept, or like the the certain song is like an abstract idea, and there's just loads of different versions of it.
0: Mm. I absolutely love that idea.
1: Yeah. I love the idea that there's multiple studio versions.
0: Like mm. I've said before on the podcast, we now have unlimited access to studio time. If you have a home studio, yeah. you could record the same song twenty times if you wanted. Why don't you? Yeah. Why do you have to capture it once and like that's the version you always use? Why why can't we be like a tech company and go? By the way, I updated. I updated Waitlist that we recorded two years ago. <laughs> yeah. We've re-recorded it now. Like yeah. here's a new different version. Version two. You can still download version one, and like you know, going on to Spotify I mean you can sort of see historic and different versions of a song in one place. So, like, I think that's fascinating. you access the song as a concept and as an idea and as a set of notes and lyrics. But, like, the studio version was a thing when, like, studio is really expensive. You've got one chance to go in and record it. Um, mm. I'm interested in that idea. And Taylor Swift right now is re-recording her album, not uh, re-recording her early records, not for, like, some futuristic point, but because someone bought her she fell out with the person who bought her catalogue, like her past catalogue, so she doesn't own her own rights to her earlier albums. Uh, owned by like an investment company or something horrible now. Um, <laughs> who literally are just, it's really like... <laughs> and they're not getting that back. <laughs> yeah, they're literally just owning it for profit and that's it. Like they're not... Fun. So um, I, I don't know the circumstances that led up to that. Whatever, there's a lot of dispute. But um, she's now, which I think is really clever just said, okay, I'm going to re-record all my first albums and throw like extra tracks into them and stuff and <laughs> put like things that only she can put into those. Cause, um, like, you know, she wrote it and she has more insight into it. Um, and like, those are probably the songs that will get used in like new films and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and probably get streamed by her fans and whatever, which I think is fascinating. Um, but she's a, an example who's been forced to re-record her old material. Um, i'm very interested by that idea
1: Mm. maybe for part two
0: any uh, any other thought i I, so i kind of dominated the direction of the conversation using this book because that's all
1: right um, you've read the book i haven't read the book
0: um not that we have to go off this book to predict the future but that is one of the most fascinating things i've read recently
1: no so (laughs) what's going to happen in the future We don't know, but Kevin Kelly's got a pretty good idea. (laughs) Yeah, and we've just riffed
0: on what he's saying. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, I also want to kind of end on that I think conventional jobs are on the way out.
1: Oh, yeah, they're they're, they're gone.
0: We're already seeing this. We're already seeing a move to freelance workers, to like zero-hours contracts, that kind of thing. It's because people are just out just outsourcing stuff and getting sk- raw mm. skills in for less money.
1: I I I want to want to talk about zero zero hours contracts for yeah. a bit because I know that these are genuinely seen as very negative and a lot of them are. Mm. But I think they're oh, no they they're, they're actually generally quite bad. But in the future, it's not going to be a bad thing to be on a zero hours contract. That's probably going to be a better mm. thing because you would have control over your own sort of time. Mm. I know at the moment a lot of the time it's just like. You have to work between these hours. You're not going to work anymore, and also next week you might not have these hours. But also, if you're busy, you will lose your job. <laughs> mm. So that's that. That's the bad kind of zero hours contract. But the good kind is when you are, you have valuable skills that you can provide to someone, mm. and you have a bit more kind of control over your hours, and you're not sort mm. of tied down to working.
0: Sort of imagine that Sarah and you are like a graphic designer or something. You might be at a point where you just log in to your portal thing. And mm. just do graphic design for different people all over the world who, yeah. who kind of pick you and you, you just you just get on with it and it all happens virtually, mm. um, and you're paid like essentially automatically. I don't know.
1: Don't know how that will work with big companies though, mm. because like big companies you can't really.
0: I think they'll still exist.
1: Yeah, um, I mean the, the the the, I I was talking more about I think I think they'll still exist, but who are the big companies going to employ? Mm. Because. More difficult for big companies to hire a freelancer because they they normally have such kind of complicated and specific needs. You need people mm. to work there full time to sort mm. of figure that out. So it's a bit mm. more difficult to get. A
0: but then, contract. lower level jobs will be automated. Yeah, so they would just like have less people anyway, wouldn't they? It's basically if if your job can be like listed out on a page, you're in trouble. Like if you can write out what your what the things you have to do each week, your duties, you're in trouble. You, we need to. And which is why there's a theory that like uh, creative, doing something creative, being being able to create your own content and have a original spin on things, and you know, be able to create things that people enjoy for entertainment or information or whatever, um, is a good strategy because that's harder to automate than I I make this report for someone every week. Yeah, that would be one of the
1: last things to go. um,
0: So yeah, you need to start. I mean, don't have to, but. It could be a good move to start trying to do a job where like people can't really define what you do but it's important Um, (laughs) like it's hard to say it's hard to really say oh they do this task each week it's more
1: if they weren't there the whole thing would crumble
0: yes you're a linchpin to that Mm. you're a linchpin but you're not like you can't be tied down to a specific role or duty or specialization. Ambiguous linchpin. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but ask Seth Godin. He, I, I he think that makes articulately. sense. Articulately, yeah. um, you were kind of become an artist and a, a cog, and, and as much part of your job is the kind of emotional connection and starting things and bringing people together. Like that becomes like as important as like being able to do these functional tasks. Hmm. Like having someone who's there who I don't know champions mental health or start uh, speaks up in a meeting and says the thing that everyone's thinking, but won't say like these really hard to like actually pin down on a bit of paper, like uh, the, as a objective or a task or the, to complete each week, but these things that make a difference to that, to that meeting and to the other people at the company, um, that whether you're a freelance or whatever is something to bear in mind. Um, doesn't really link to music sort of does it's try and resonate emotionally with an audience try and actually get to know your fans actually message them like mm. how how are you do you like you know do you like this new song whatever don't like talk to a crowd <laughs> you're talking to individuals um, anyway that was the last one I, I just wanted to mention that jobs are dead
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the CV CVs are dead
0: yeah portfolio just well i can i can go and look at what work you've done mm. go create stuff cool i think we've done a good stab at the future
1: yeah this has been the two Echo podcast the future
0: <laughs> is pre-